1: right this way.
0: It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance. Transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
1: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024.
0: See participating retailer for details. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts.
3: Unleashed,
1: presented by MGM Here is your host, Giannis Papas and Olivia Harlan decker
4: Welcome to Unleashed, brought to you by BetMGM. I should say, bienvenidos. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Giannis, what are you getting into tonight? Do you like this holiday?
1: I love Cinco de Mayo. I have been celebrating it for the past couple nights, so tonight <laughs> I am going to be in recovery. <laughs> I celebrated no. early. I got to jump on it. Yeah, it was a, it was a long Long weekend of drinking for me, so I am still in recovery. So shout out to everyone who's who's doing the second round. Since we're speaking about the draft again, I'm going to say those people doing the second round of Cinco de Mayo. Because for me, I already had my first round picks, and those picks were Bloody Marys.
4: Bloody Marys? You mean a Bloody Maria? Have you had a Bloody Mary with tequila? Oh, that's so good. Uh, Can you tell this It is good. Booze?
1: Yeah, I, I feel like you can't wait. I feel like they're going to hand you a drink as Mm. soon as the baby pops out. Mm
4: -hmm. They're going to have one in the room. (laughs) My sister said she's going to bring me a picture of spicy, skinny Mezcal margaritas. And they're amazing. (laughs) And she's going to bring it to the hospital.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to see a picture that you put on your gram of you just holding the baby and a margarita in the other hand. And just go, my babies." (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: Yeah. I like how you're already giving me a caption too. That's genius. Oh yeah. yeah. I love Cinco de Mayo. I wish so badly I could celebrate in full force this year. Obviously I'm like on the final days of pregnancy, but I'm, I love this one. How do you like Cinco de Mayo compared to a similar drinking American holiday, St. Patrick's day?
1: I think that St. Patrick's day is the Michael Jordan of drinking holidays And I would say Cinco de Mayo is the Kobe Bryant. Very close. A very close second. (laughs) But, you know, as far as getting hammered and just being obliterated, it's got to go to St. Pat's. Number one. All time. The GOAT. Yeah.
4: Both of them are... Cultural appropriation. Both of them have zero substance. <laughs> Both of them are as American <laughs> as it gets. And uh, just a lot of fun to like take off midday on a Thursday to go drink. Okay. I've a, a reason for anyone to raise a glass and toast who listens to our show. I have some big news and I'm just beaming with pride before we go any further. I just got to send out a congratulations to the 2022 FIBA Europe Cup champions, Basha Sheer, and my favorite player on that team. Team, Sam Decker. What an amazing win. Giannis, you call him the Shish Kebabs. It was a crazy, tough, emotional year for my husband. And I'm just so excited to see it end with confetti. And uh, I'm just so proud of him. It was the first ever winner from Turkey, actually. So congrats to their whole squad. Giannis, did you watch it all? It was on YouTube.
1: Of course, I watched it. And I watched ah, his I Instagram you post afterwards about. Yeah, how it's been an up and down year and just congratulations to the shish kebabs for beating the baba ganushas (laughs) what a game
4: (laughs) you have too much fun with that it's because you're Greek (laughs) Greek people and Turkish people just do not get along and you're not going to let that end on our show no.
1: Yeah, that one made me laugh. The Baba Ganushas p- played funny. as hard as they can, but they had no answer for Sammy from downtown, baby. The kid <laughs> could shoot. What a game he had. Baba Ganushas, uh, good luck next year, but it's you, you, you're no match for the Sam Decker-led uh. shish kebabs.
4: <laughs> oh, I'm glad the season's over so you can make no more jokes about turkey at large. <laughs> this is good. And I'm glad that Sam's on a flight as we speak coming home so that no one's going to get mad at him over there for listening to his wife's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, it's uh, a, it's been a big week. I mean, big week in our house with obviously that win and Sam coming home. And as I mentioned, Cinco de Mayo for your house was big. And the 2022 NFL draft is in the books. So coming up, we're going to talk to NFL analyst Adam Levitan to see who he thinks won the draft, who lost the draft, which fan base probably had the worst time on the Vegas strip and his biggest takeaways. So that's really exciting. But shout out to my Georgia Bulldogs. Man, if you missed the draft, All you got to know is that Georgia dominated with a record 15 players selected in the draft. That includes five in the first round. So I don't know for context, University of Texas, the Longhorns, like America's college football team, I guess, had zero players drafted in the entire draft. That's wild. So that's very exciting.
1: I just feel very good about the momentum of your world as your baby's coming out. Oh, Sam Decker yeah. with a championship. Mm-hmm. The Bulldogs 15 players selected. The Packers, they re-sign Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I just feel like there's a lot of good Olivia Harlan Decker kind of universe <laughs> stuff going on right now. The babies and then the baby, just it's it is the cherry on top to a great year. Also oh. Kevin Harlan calling the playoffs, making those games great. I mean, it's a good world he's coming into right now.
4: Oh, I like that. I like the mojo, the the universe is aligning type thing. I kind of think you're right. Not to mention here in Kansas City, the day he's supposed to be born is going to be like 80 degrees and sunny. And I'm also thinking that's... Kind of a good luck sign, not to mention the Mezcal margaritas coming into the hospital. But hey, your world, also some good mojo. The Giants got rave reviews. A lot of people think they won the draft, getting Kayvon Thibodeau at number five, the big offensive tackle Evan Neal from Alabama at seven. That was a big one. And then in the second round, they got a wide receiver, Wandale Robinson from Kentucky. Mixed reviews on that. We'll have to ask Adam, but are you happy with your draft?
1: Very happy with the draft, especially now where it seems like the way the game's played, not one player like Saquon Barkley or another star player is going to make that big of a difference when you're rebuilding a team. I love the trading down to get more picks. I love the big boys that were selected on both sides of the line. Just looking forward to this new era and see what we can do. Fingers crossed. Optimistic. Let's go, Big Blue.
4: Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot to be excited about. I'm excited for you. And we're really going to talk to Adam too about the wide receivers. They dominated the draft as teams try to keep up with having depth at that position. We've seen so many teams season end due to that. So big trades too, including some Key receivers, Hollywood Brown to the Cardinals, A.J. Brown to the Eagles, no relation. And of course, as always, the big talk was the quarterbacks. Only Kenny Pickett, who stays home and went to the Steelers, as many expected. We talked about that on the show last week. But another quarterback didn't go again until the third round when the Falcons took Desmond Ritter and then Malik Willis finally at pick 86 to the Titans. Matt Corral from Ole Miss to 94 at the Panthers. So, God, that was kind of surprising. We did not expect that, Giannis. The last two weeks, we've had draft experts on, and we've heard mixed reviews. Malik Willis is going to go, you know, top 10, or, like, just crazy. That's why betting on the draft is a lot of fun. But when you're betting, you got to be prepared to lose because someone who didn't do so well betting is our Bad Beat of the Week, Giannis. Who is it? Bad Beat of the Week
1: that week, week, Sean Mayer, the mayor of trash, is who he is. That's his screen name. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Sounds like John Mayer, too. Sean Mayer.
1: I assume he's either an Eagles or Patriots fan, since he's the mayor of trash.
4: <laughs> oh. Oh, that's, Ooh, that's a low
1: blow. Ah. So he had the Angels at minus 1.5 against the Chicago White Sox who were up 6-0 going into the bottom of the ninth. In baseball, that's a lock. But no, the Halos gave up five runs in the ninth and our beloved mayor lost. That one's going to be tough to get over. But to help ease the pain, buddy, we're sending you a 100 bucks in BetMGM site credit. Good luck next time. And if you are running in 2020, whatever, I will vote for you, mayor of trash.
4: I love it. I love it. Now, in addition to the NFL draft, the NBA and now the NHL playoffs are in full swing. And we've got to get to our favorite part of the show, Giannis, without wasting any more time. It's time to unleash.
1: Uh, I was
4: waiting for you. You were going to say it. I know you wanted to say it.
1: I like the way you said unleash. So I just let it live. (laughs) It's and like, come it on, it's my
4: last show for a while. <laughs> Give me an unleash.
1: <laughs> it's time to unleash. It's time to unleash.
4: Thank you, my friend. Okay. That's a
1: good last one before your son is born. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> his, his ears are probably ringing. Okay, I want to unleash on the controversy at the NFL draft. I'm not talking about trades or players falling or anything, but it's analysts who are on Twitter tweeting the picks before they're announced. Now, it's nothing new. We've seen this for a while. Woj and Shams basically doing it in the NBA draft and trying to be the first one to break news. Fans don't exactly love it. It kind of ruins the experience because then, you know, if you get a ping on your phone from whatever sports apps you have, I mean, we all know it. And if you're watching the draft, it's such a great production. It really is. I've been there for it. It's it's a huge deal. I thought Vegas looked amazing. I thought the TV coverage looked amazing. I was eating it up the first day, especially. I didn't really watch after that, to be honest, because everything's on Twitter and probably faster. So now in the NFL, you have guys like Albert Breer and other analysts tweeting this election before it's announced on TV. I get it. I see why people don't like it. But personally, I don't mind. I'm on Twitter. I want to know as soon as possible. I don't need to hear it get announced really past the first couple picks, I guess. And it's not like an episode of Game of Thrones or right now I'm watching uh, This Is Us and crying every episode. But this is not a huge spoiler alert. But I don't know. That's just me. Giannis, what do you think? Do you think it ruins the draft experience for fans?
1: I am all about Elon Musk and no (laughs) censorship. So let him tweet, baby. Let it happen. (laughs) I agree. It doesn't bother me one bit, especially in the later rounds. Who cares? So stop being a baby about it. And Elon Musk, let people tweet.
4: (laughs) 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 All right. You should unleash us on that on Elon Musk Twitter.
1: Yeah. Elon Musk, free speech Jesus. Listen, I'll unleash right now. It's my turn to unleash. I am so immersed in the NBA playoffs right now. Love when the game gets kicked up to another level of physicality and competitiveness. And I've been watching every single game. Luca's bananas right now. The youngest player to have 45 points, I think, since Kobe or Jordan. I can't remember. But... It's just amazing. It's good to see Booker back playing at a high level. Teams look really good. The matchups are really good. And I've really been enjoying Golden State and their run. They're all healthy. Seeing their big three all on the court at the same time has been a pleasure. Obviously, game one, that got kind of cut short as Draymond Green got kicked out of a game again. We saw this back in the playoffs against. LeBron when he got suspended for that game six for kicking him in the nuts and people are saying it's his reputation for why he got thrown out of the game and I gotta say I gotta agree he's not the first one this has happened to the Mahorns the Rodmans and now Draymond is of that elk where he does something that's borderline and grabbing a guy's jersey when he's in the air is borderline Okay, it's definitely a flagrant, one or two. It's definitely a flagrant foul. Whether he should get kicked out of the game for it, that's what was the source of contention. I believe it was the right call. It was the right call because just because the guy happened to not land in a compromising position where he could have gotten hurt doesn't mean that the foul wasn't a non-basketball play that could have very well hurt somebody. So he got tossed. And you got to know, Draymond, you do have that reputation. And that's how it works. And you're a veteran. And you can't do that to your team. So you know what? It it wasn't like it was like the fourth quarter and there was like 30 seconds left or a minute left and it was a tight game and you had to put the guy in the line. And that's the only... Option you had was to grab his jersey so he couldn't get a shot off. This was early in the game, in the first half, and you really put your team at risk of losing that first game without you out there. You're the defensive anchor. So I just want to say to all the people, obviously, I know players on his team and in the organization are going to say it was overreach. But I'm going to say, hey, guys, you know better. You know better. You're a veteran team, and you guys got to have a talk with Draymond and tell him to stop podcasting and giving so much opinions and just play a little smarter so he doesn't get suspended. This really hurt them against the Cavaliers when they lost. I mean, if Draymond Green plays that game and he doesn't get suspended that one game, you know, maybe they win that. Maybe they get another chip. So it's a real big deal, and he needs to know better. So I'm just... I am in the minority opinion that mm. it was a stupid play and I do not blame the referees. He has to know better.
4: Get smarter. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you ended that. No, that that's, that's a very fair take. A very fair take. And I just love when yeah. you get all heated.
1: Don't you agree? I mean, it's like, yeah. did you see the play? I mean, he grabs a jersey. It's an obvious yeah. flagrant. Why put yourself in that position with your reputation that early in the game?
4: Yeah, yeah, I know. Very heated, these playoffs, very heated. There's a lot to keep up with. That was a good one, Giannis. That was pretty good. You had my full attention. I like that one. Thank you. Because the last two weeks, we've paid so much attention to the draft and really paid it off, we've got to finish it off right and evaluate what teams did well, what teams didn't do well, and most importantly, embedding how it affects the future's market. So without any further ado, let's get to Adam Levitan. Okay, let's bring in our guest. He's the co-founder of Establish the Run. And today he's going to help us establish who won the draft, who lost the draft, and what it means for next season. He's won multiple Fantasy Sports Writers Awards. Adam Levitan is here. Adam, thanks for joining us.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. How's it going?
4: We're good. I'm kind of surprised you are even doing a podcast appearance right now. You must be exhausted after the draft, no? (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, it's... um... The draft, it used to be all Saturday and that's it. And then they made it two days and then they made it three days. So I I like the way they've broken it up now. It makes it a little bit easier Mm -hmm. to digest, make it a primetime event on Thursday and then on Friday too. And then the rest of it on Saturday. So yeah, it's good. I I think people overreact a lot to some of the later round stuff. But yeah, I I think Thursday and Friday was fun for sure.
1: Adam, just right off the bat, I'm a Giants fan. Tell me, I feel like they won the draft. Do you agree? <laughs> we're rebuilding. We didn't go after one big star. We got the big boys we needed. We're a little short at tight end, but otherwise we're looking good. No, just give me some good news.
0: <laughs> well, the good news is Dave Gettleman's no longer the GM of the Giants. And I, and I think you saw immediately. <laughs> That's the start. That's, I mean, that was just like, I mean, that guy was just stone cold donkey. So to, to ha- get rid of him, And bring in Joe Schoen and Brian Dable, They legit know what they're doing. I liked everything that they did, except for one thing. I loved getting Kayvon Thibodeau at five overall. You know, you could have made a case for some other players, but Kayvon Thibodeau had some off-field kind of rumors around him that tanked his stock a little bit. He was the consensus number one pick, or supposed to be for much of the draft process. To get him at five, I think is really good. And then they desperately needed offensive line help. And, And Evan Neal is like... I don't want to say can't miss, but like on paper, just an incredible prospect going back to when this dude was like 16 years old at IMG. Then he goes to Alabama. He can play guard and tackle. I mean, he has like prototypical size. Seems like a good dude. I mean, it just seems like a slam dunk, really high floor pick and Evan Neal. The one that I didn't like from the giants was Wendell Robinson, who, you know, oh. there's a ton of guys who have been drafted in the NFL who are 5'8, 175. the chances of them hitting, and being a good pick is so low. And so 43rd overall is a lot of draft capital to me to use on a guy who's 5'8", 175, who didn't even test well. I mean, he's not even that fast. And so I I thought the draft as a whole was fine. I didn't like the Wendell pick, but besides that, I I think that they're going to play spread and and they're going to be fun to watch for sure.
4: Hmm. You're you're coming in hot, Adam. Wow, already, gosh, off the bat. You know, we were talking about this in the open, and I think you'll have an interesting perspective. What do you think about analysts tweeting the picks before they're announced on TV? Do you want to know a pick ASAP, or do you feel like it kind of ruins the fan experience for those who maybe aren't watching or are?
0: Yeah, I live my life on Twitter, so I don't even have. I don't even watch TV. I everything that happens in the world, I hear about on Twitter. So, yeah, I mean, to me, Twitter is the best because it has the information first i totally understand people not wanting tip picks on television doesn't bother me too much but you know when you're a reporter and and that's what these guys do if they have information they release it and so you know, they have information, they release it, and it ruins the experience a little bit, I think. Didn't they, like, ban, like, Adrian Wojnowski and those guys from, like, yeah. tweeting the NBA picks or something like that? Yeah, they could do that if they wanted, I guess.
4: Well, because that's when it got a little ridiculous. I mean, it can't come in, like, a minute before, you know, minutes before it's announced. I mean, they right. got to keep the appeal of the TV broadcast because it's a, it's programming. It's a show.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. If they want ratings, they they need to stop it for sure.
4: Yeah.
1: Elon Musk will fix it.
4: Yeah. You know, everyone studies and does these mock drafts for months. And now that the draft is over, what's the one thing you still can't believe happened? What's something everyone was wrong about?
0: Yeah, probably Malik Willis. I mean, I thought that Malik Willis didn't dominate at Liberty. And obviously, like the type of competition you're facing at Liberty is relatively low compared to what a lot of these guys face. So I knew that there was some fragility in where Malik Willis could go. NFL clearly thought Mm -hmm. that Malik Willis' ceiling or skills are not going to translate very well to the NFL. I still think that he has a chance. I mean, guys who can run like that and throw the like that don't come around very often. So I was shocked that no one was willing to take a chance on him late first, second round. I mean, he lasted all the way until middle end of the third round. And, and I think that was pretty shocking considering how important the quarterback position is. You know, in the second round and the third round, like if you take Malik Willis and he doesn't hit, well, you didn't really lose that much relative to sure. the upside that you have if you can hit on a quarterback in the second or third round. So,
1: yeah, that was surprising to me for sure. Let's talk about some of those big trades. Lamar Jackson tweeting, or you know, what the F when Hollywood Brown was traded to Arizona, their best friends, that's this guy. What does this mean now for Baltimore and Jackson?
0: Yeah, you know, I think Lamar Jackson knew. I mean, Marquise Brown did an interview afterwards and said he told Lamar Jackson the last couple of years, that he wanted a a system change. He he didn't like the Mm -hmm. system that the Ravens were running and 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 people say, oh, it's because they're so run heavy. They weren't even that run heavy last year. Marquise Brown had a ton of targets last year. They were in the top 10 Mm -hmm. in pass rate over expectations. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that. I I think Lamar knew, but now Lamar's left with, like, I mean, really (laughs) nothing. I mean, Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, and then not much after that, they drafted a couple of linemen, and I think that they're going to be very good running the football again and they'll probably revert back to the way they were two or three years ago where they'll lead the league in rush attempts and they'll be dead last and pass rate right over expectation. So I think that's what you can expect from the Ravens for sure. There are some guys out there still, you know, I don't think they can help too much, but guys like Odell Beckham and Julio Jones are still out there with the Ravens wanted to do that.
4: On the Cardinal side of that trade, do you think it was a consolation prize to Kyler Murray? Who's yelping for more money, writing the longest PR announcement letters ever.
0: Yeah. I don't know what's going on, with Kyler. He seems kind of pissed off. I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know, yeah. I don't like the scheme that Cliff Kingsbury runs there. I thought their talent level was fine. Kyler is just so awesome. I understand he wants better weapons. Him and Marquise Brown played together at Oklahoma in 2018. So obviously they know each other well. They're just, they're kind of small. I mean, Rondale Moore, Kyler, Marquise Brown, they're all, you know, undersized significantly for their positions yeah. and it's hard to win. I think in the NFL like that, but, you know, uh, they certainly have plenty of speed
1: right now.
4: Giannis, remember what Michael Lombardi called Kyler Murray?
1: Yeah, I think he called him uh, a little person, <coughs> if I remember correctly.
4: He called him the mayor of Munchkin Town. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Lombardi yeah. on our air. It was horrible, <laughs> bullying. But yeah, uh, undersized team, to say the least. But uh, sticking with the Cardinals, now with a healthy D-Hop, Hollywood Brown, plus a new tight end, new lineman, new running back, all acquired in the draft. Do they finally have that depth? I know you don't like their scheme, but the depth to sustain success later in the season, that's where they always fizzle out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they have schematic problems, and now DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for the first six <laughs> games of the season. Not good. Yeah, you know, not great. I think that they're probably the third best team in that division. I think the Rams are better. I think the 49ers are better and then it's probably a a pretty significant step back to the Cardinals. I think so. I'd be surprised if they're able to make a lot of noise, you know, I think they're one of these teams that's going to win eight, nine, ten games. And you know, that'll kind
1: of be the extent of their season. Mm. Wide receivers dominated the draft. It's been trending that way, but is it now officially a wide receivers league?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, this has been going on for a while, ever since, you know, the rule changes that the NFL has implemented to, to get more offense in the game. I mean, you know, you can see it if you're watching like defensive backs can't even touch the wide receivers. And so you have all these rule changes and also you have players who maybe would have been running backs in the past, understanding that career longevity uh, ceiling of how much you can make uh, in terms of financially is so bad at the running back position. So I think you're getting a lot of these guys that are, are really good talents that want to play wide receiver, not running back. And so, you, I mean, you get so much talent at wide receiver position seemingly every year. We saw six wide receivers go in the top 18 of the draft. And then the way to win in today's NFL is throw the football and defend the pass. And so, yeah, I, I think we've seen a really big change in the NFL over the last five, six, seven, ten years where wide receivers are some of the most valuable players on the field. And, and we saw that in the draft for sure.
4: Yeah, we talked about Malik Willis. We got to talk about Kenny Pickett, first quarterback off the board, 20th overall to the Steelers, which a lot of people did expect. They didn't even have to trade up to get him. If the Steelers didn't take him in the first round, where do you think he goes? Or could they have gotten him in the second round even later at pick 52? Could he have fallen that far?
0: Maybe. I I thought the Titans might have been interested. The Titans ended up taking Malik Willis in in round three. I thought maybe they would have been interested in Kenny Pickett in late round Mm -hmm. one with Ryan Tannehill being able to save – around $18 off the cap if they cut Ryan Tannehill after this year. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think if you like Kenny Pickett and you need a quarterback, I thought it was fine to take him at 20th overall. I just don't Mm -hmm. think the ceiling on Kenny Pickett is very high. Like, he's not going to end out being, you know, a Hall of Famer or an NFL MVP. Maybe he can be a Kirk Cousins type or something like that. And I think that's totally fine. And you can certainly win with that. But, yeah, I mean... And in any of their quarterback class, there's no way that Kenny Pickett would have been the first quarterback off the board.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: I saw you tweet a concern about Christian Watson to the Packers. He only averaged like two catches a game last season at North Dakota State. What do you make of the Packers selection this weekend?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, they Packers desperately, after losing Devontae Adams, just so desperately need wide receiver help they lose Marquez Valdez-Scanling who I thought was like a fine role player and they lose Devonta Adams one of the best wide receivers in the league you know Christian Watson nobody ever heard of him he went to North Dakota State he only caught a little bit over 100 balls in 52 games you know they didn't run a pass friendly scheme at North Dakota State but for him to be asked to go from North Dakota State's extremely run heavy scheme to playing for Aaron Rodgers and having a big role in year one. I'm just skeptical that that's going to work out for them. I think that the Packers at this point are going to try to win with Aaron Jones and, a- and AJ Dillon in the run game. And then they have a really good defense. I and mean, they use, they had two first round picks. They use them both on defense. They've been using defensive picks high for a long time. Now they have a really good defense. And so I think that's the way they'll try to win. And then Aaron Rodgers try to try to be uh, efficient around the red zone. And that's how they'll try to win. I'm skeptical that Christian Watson I will be good in year one. He does have all the tools. Though. I mean, just from a size speed perspective, He's big. he looks like a, a freak. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You know, I tweeted a very different take on that pick that Christian Watson was going to think Green Bay was very glamorous after spending the last couple of years in Fargo. And I got a couple nasty replies to that one. <laughs> but as someone who has covered NDSU a lot and is a huge hmm. Packer fan, I have spent a lot of time in both. And I think that's a pretty fair uh, analysis from my perspective. What do you think?
0: Well, uh, I've never been to either. I've obviously seen the movie, uh, Fargo, one one of my favorites, but yeah, I'd love to go to a game in green Bay one day for sure. But yeah, I've never been to either.
4: I will say the Bison fan base are about the best I've seen in college football. And that goes against LSU, Alabama, Georgia. I mean it. They're, they're wild. I had a bunch of their playoff games and national championship games, but uh, yeah, as a Packer fan, I, I like to see a little upside with Christian Watson, but still nervous for the season at large, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because the Carson Wentz thing, I'm sure you were probably referring to the Carson Wentz years. I mean, they were, they're, I don't deny that they're good. I, I just, I'm skeptical that Christian Watson can actually step right in. But yeah, they're definitely a fun team.
4: No, I'm actually referring to the Easton Stick Trey Lance okay. years. They go okay. to the national championship every year.
0: Every year. <laughs> they're wild.
4: <laughs> They're, they're a fun team to watch. But, uh, but yeah, overall, you mentioned just the Packers getting defense in the first round. And I think in general, Packer fans are happy with that. But then I see a lot of pundits saying, you know, great, you're going to have a good season. You're probably going to go close to undefeated. And then in the playoffs, when it matters, all your first round draft picks are standing on the sideline. And Aaron Rodgers has no one to throw to. Do you kind of agree with that take?
0: Uh, the NFC is so bad. You know, I, I think there's been a yeah. lot of talk uh, all off season about how, like, I mean, outside of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, almost all of the best quarterbacks are in the AFC now and not just quarterbacks. I mean, it's so loaded. So I don't want to say that the Packers can't or, or, or won't win the NFC. I think the Bucks are likely better on paper and maybe the Rams but like beyond that, I, I don't know, like the Packers are for the NFC are, are pretty good. Now, I do think the Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers, maybe even like the Broncos, Browns, Bengals. You can make a case to me that all those teams are better than the Packers, but they're all in the yeah. AFC. So I hear you. I, I don't think they're any better than they were last year, maybe worse. But the division, the, the conference is so bad, they could still go to the
1: Super Bowl.
4: I like end on high note. There you go.
1: <laughs> Who are your favorites for offensive and defensive rookie of the year this year coming? Hmm.
0: Offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. You know, I think the favorite what everybody would say would be Kenny Pickett just because he's likely to start, you know, 11, 12, 13 games for a pretty good team in the Steelers. I I mean, I think Brees Hall for the Jets can step right in and make a pretty big impact on a team that has gotten a lot more talent this year. So I think that's one. Drake London's going to have a very good year for the Falcons. They just have no one else to throw to outside of Kyle Pitts. I think those are both interesting. I will throw out James Cook as kind of a long shot. He went in the second round. the running back to the Bills. And I mean, he's such a good pass catcher and the Bills love to throw. And the Bills are going to be one of the best teams in the league. And they're going to be one of the best teams in terms of scoring touchdowns. And so if something were to happen to Devin Singletary, you could see James Cook's role expanding and him putting up enough numbers defensive rookie of the year. God. I mean, I assume that one of (laughs) one of the edge rushers, I mean, this, this draft had so many edge rushers and the best way to win rookie of the year is just to pile up a lot of sacks. Right. So Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker, like they're all going to have chances. Uh, Jermaine Johnson too. They're all going to have chances to rack up a lot of sacks and get one of them. I think for me, it will be one of those four edge rushers to just pile up like 10 sacks and win defensive rookie of the year.
4: So this is kind of an awkward question as we do work for a sports book, but I also like to think that we're just regular Joes who want other regular Joes and Josephines to win money. It was a really (laughs) bad weekend for the books. The first three picks of Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Derek Stingley Jr. were all the biggest liabilities. Did you project that exact lineup? Did you win some money personally?
0: Yeah, so draft betting is like the easiest softest market in all of (laughs) the sports betting world you know and it's like you know there's no way books can keep up with uh what's going on with all the rumors and reports and aggregating all the mocks and stuff like that Mm -hmm. understanding where guys range is so yeah I mean you know once it was clear that Trayvon Walker was going to go number one there was a lot of rumors out there that Derek Stingley was who the Texans wanted and, and some people that were close to Houston kept talking about they liked Stingley more than Sauce Gardner. So, yeah, you know, just logically, Trayvon Walker one, Aiden Hutchinson, two, Derek Stingley, three. The problem for the books is, you know, they were lagged behind on the Trayvon Walker stuff and they were lagged behind on the Stingley stuff. So we were able to get mm-hmm. 40 to one on, on that trifecta hitting Walker, Hutch, Stingley. We also had a good bet on Sauce Gardner to go exactly fourth at 16 to one. And so, you know, I, I think... I don't think the books, the limits are, are low, you know? So I don't think the books care too much about losing money on it. It's a marketing expense and they're competing for customers and they have to put up these books, the, these markets. And I don't know if it'll last forever, but yeah, I'd certainly encourage people while these markets are up to, to try to beat them and and beat them as hard yeah. as they can. Cause it really is like, so, so, so soft. And I don't, <laughs> I don't want to hear they're complaining.
1: I don't feel bad for
4: no, for them no, about no. losing money. We
1: don't either. We don't either. <laughs> So who do you think overall won the draft? Who do you think overall lost the draft? Who got the right pieces? Who got the wrong pieces?
0: Yeah, I like what a couple of bad teams did. I, I liked what the Jets did. I think you can make a case the Jets got three of the best at their position in the entire draft, even though they didn't go first. You, know, you can make a case Garrett Wilson is the best wide receiver in the draft. You can make a case Sauce Gardner is the best corner. And, and I think you can make a case Jermaine Johnson is the best edge rusher. And I know that's saying a lot because he went so much later than these other guys, but I think it's at least possible. The Lions, you know, Lions are good. Like outside of the quarterback position, Lions are, are building a team and they're not great on defense. They use a ton of picks on defense though. I'd like that they traded up for Jameson Williams. I mean, you know, they're being aggressive and if they can slide a quarterback in there, not that Jared Goff's the worst quarterback in the league, but he's certainly, I think sub average. Um, they're going to, they're they're going to surprise people. I think the Lions will. And, and it's mm. the draft class. I think, um speaks to that
4: oh yeah no absolutely
0: But you want to know who lost the draft right yeah who lost yeah yeah I mean who who,
1: who did it all wrong
0: yeah I don't know what the Seahawks are doing I mean I I honestly (laughs) don't they trade away they trade away Russell Wilson and you know I wouldn't have done that I think it's so hard to find a franchise quarterback I would have not traded away Russell Wilson especially for for what they got but they did and then at that point, they have to go into like full-blown re- rebuild mode, but they haven't. You know, they, they've spent money on tight end. They used, you know, 41st overall pick on a running back, which is, you know, uh, a borderline waste. They didn't take a single quarterback in the draft, even though they have like Drew Locke and, and Geno Smith. So I don't know what the Seahawks are doing. It's like they have almost almost no plan whatsoever. I didn't love the way they, they drafted either. So yeah, Seahawks are just a, a, a sinking ship, it seems like.
4: <laughs> and with a seventy-year-old head coach, like, why are they doing all of this now and wasting Pete Carroll's last couple good years? I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I, it's a good point. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think they actually think they can still win. I, I don't know. They're like delusional. So, so yeah, it doesn't make any sense.
4: <laughs> okay, last question for you, Adam. Did any team's draft night change things so much for you when it comes to betting the futures market?
1: I bet. Uh, the Lions
0: stuff. So I took Lions yeah. 12 to one to win the division plus 480 to make the playoffs and over six wins on the Lions. I, you know, not just because of their, their draft, but I did think their draft was really strong. And also because I think the NFC is so bad and, and their division is so bad. You know, I don't think the Packers are anything spectacular. Like we already talked about bears had a disastrous draft. Also. I don't know what the bears are doing <laughs> either. I, I forgot to mention that. I mean, I don't even know what the bears are doing. And then, the Vikings I think are just okay. So yeah, I, I think the Lions have a chance to win, you know, 8, 9, 10 games and oh. maybe uh, and maybe more, you know. So the Lions were one that I I was already wanting to be kind of high on them and then the draft kind of pushed it over the top. There you have
4: it. I thought you were going to say win the NFC North. You don't you don't mean that far, do you?
0: Yeah, 12 to 1. 12 to 1. God. 100 wins 1200. Easy game.
4: <laughs> Come on, man. You Now you're delusional. You're just like the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That was awesome. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Levitan. Adam, thanks so much for being here. That was a lot of fun.
0: All right. Thanks for having me. Good luck.
4: that the sportsbooks lost big on draft night but this guy your BetMGM betting expert who is on the show every week had himself a night peter andrew tell us about your draft betting success
3: that's why all the other books lost because i took them for everything they got
4: <laughs> there you, <Nice>. go. oh. <laughs>
3: you know you know i resent the <laughs> fact that we always talk about my losses the things that never hit but now it's time yeah. for me to unleash a little bit and talk about some of these wins so ooh, yeah it was ooh. a good day for me I think everything we everything I took we talked about last week on mm-hmm. on here on uh, unleashed a lot of chalk but the chalk hit Trayvon Walker mortal lock I think when we were recording it was minus 225 it went up to like 450 like I'd mentioned it was gonna so a nice little start sauce Gardner, I had him at the Jets at four which was great Jameson Williams I skin of my teeth under 12 and Over a half.
4: 12 and a half under 12.5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: skin in my teeth there. I
4: was thinking about you on that one.
3: I had Garrett Wilson over nine and a half, and I think he went 10 to the Jets. Mm. So, like, when you talk about right at the cusp, I hit him. I think the only thing I missed on was I thought Kenneth Walker might go first running back, and then Charles Cross, the offensive lineman, I thought might go to the mm-hmm. Panthers at six. Those two didn't hit. Kenny Pickett, spot on, first quarterback drafted too. Yeah. So, a uh, little, little pat on my back here, but, uh, <laughs> No, it was, it was a fun draft, but we took a beating. It was a tough day for the sports book, but it's one of those events you got to cover. And, you know, we had good fun with it.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you bought yourself a nice haircut with your winnings. That's
3: it. It's, it's, ex- <laughs> it's expensive enough over here, so barely.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are lucky. You're listening to the show. I mean, Petey Andrew brought the goods. He told you what the deal was. If you didn't listen, that's on you. Petey We got some great combat sports coming up this weekend. Canelo's fighting. We got UFC 274, Oliveira versus Gaethje. Uh, Rose Namajunas is fighting again. Chandler versus Ferguson. What are the lines looking like? What are some of your predictions? Let's talk the action, baby.
3: Yeah, so this is, I think this is the best Saturday all year of sports. So you have NBA, NHL playoffs, MLB, Kentucky Derby, and then you go into the night and you have the Canelo fight on DAZN, which is a big sponsor of Gyms. So you'll see us all on ringside. You'll see Gym sponsored everywhere in Vegas, which is really cool. And then you go into UFC at night. Mm-hmm. So we're doing something special for UFC and for all combat sports, boxing, you know, everything, giving every single person a Parlay Boost token. So literally Whoa. all you have to do, all you have to do, log into your account, 20% Parlay Boost token, and use it on any three-leg Parlay. So... I'm going a little bit chalk here, and I'll throw in one underdog. Got to go, Canelo Alvarez. I mean, this guy is just the the best fighter of our generation. Minus four fifty, so very chalky. But hold off a second and wait till we add everything else. I like Justin Gaethje over Charles Oliveira, plus one thirty five right now. So just outright win. And then Thug Rose, Thug Rose, I think is minus two fifty or minus two twenty five right now against Carlos Barza. You put those together, you're looking at three to one. Then put your twenty percent token. You're looking at a nice payout. So. A uh, little bit of chalk there, but I think two of those favorites I think are clear cut winners, and, and I think Aesha's got a pretty good shot against Oliveira in the uh, the main card.
1: I agree. If anyone does, it, he's got a puncher's chance. Literally, I mean, you know, if the fight gets on the ground, it's a wrap. But I mean, if anyone can just you know throw a haymaker and stop that, he's like a snake. Once he gets a hold of you, it's a wrap. So. Yeah, we've seen it before, too. Just hope for that puncher's chance. 100%. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Nice, Petey, nice. What about hockey, dog? Tell the people a little bit about the hockey lines. Yeah, you know me. I'm a biased hockey fan. It's my number one sport. But playoffs are arguably the best. That's your number one sport? Oh yeah. I
4: didn't think I knew that.
3: Oh, I'm a sick and disgusting hockey fan. It's bad. Um, <laughs> well,
4: I knew you were sick and disgusting. I didn't know about the. Hockey yeah, part.
3: I just always forget that other adjective typically. <laughs> I, um, I think again, biased, but hockey playoffs are the best there is the energy, oh. the atmosphere, playoff beards fighting nonstop. You saw it in a couple of games last night, but it comes down to one thing for me. It's it's goalies that get hot. So goalies that can take you and steal a couple of games, get you through a couple of rounds. You see this every year. The teams that don't have that goaltender, it's hard to win a Stanley Cup. So two teams for me, Calgary Flames in the West, New York Rangers in the East. Both teams have arguably the two best goaltenders in the league. I think Rangers right now are 16-1 to to win the Cup, and then Flames are 7-1. to Both had excellent years, and I think they both take their, uh, their way to the East and West, respectively, meet each other in the finals. And then you can do a little hedging there because you got a guaranteed win. But it's going to be fun. You know, we have a lot of local teams in a lot of our MGM states. Toronto Maple Leafs won their first game. They haven't won a playoff series in like 18 years. You got Nashville Predators, Colorado Avalanche, who are arguably best team in the NHL. So best time of the year now that you have both playoff for NBA and NHL on and then everything else around it. So it's going to be a really good weekend.
4: Okay, Pete, over to the NBA. Uh, We're in the semifinals. There's some great series going on. Giannis just unleashed on Draymond Green. I know there's some movement with the Warriors. Walk us through what better should know.
3: Yeah, it's a bit tricky right now. Obviously, the Draymond drama. Nice alliteration there by me.
4: Um, (laughs) Andy's humble.
3: (laughs) Well done. Um, No, but, but Giannis, I was listening to him before. Giannis is right. I mean, something like that. I think he just needs a couple more flagrant points and he gets suspended for a game. I mean, things could change in a heartbeat. I mean, that was a great game the other day. Right now, the Grizzly are plus twenty five hundred. If they can steal one, I mean, I think that's a great bet because then you potentially run into that trouble for Draymond, uh, where do they go next round and do they are they able to beat a team like the Suns? Going to be tough, but it's all about value. But looking on the other side, I think the Suns series, I don't think it's going to be close. That could end in four, maybe five, and then the same thing for the Heat. The Heat are still, I think they're six to one right now. And they very likely could sweep the Sixers, especially without Embiid for the foreseeable future, probably for the rest of the playoffs. So I think if you focus on those two in terms of the Suns and the Heat, you can't really go wrong. But if you're looking for some value, maybe you go the Grizzlies route and, and hopefully they steal one, get it back to 1-1, and, uh, and we we'll see what happens. I wanted
1: to get your prediction early now because it gets obviously easier. What are we seeing in the finals? Is it the Bucs? When the Bucs and Heat meet, who are you taking and who are you taking coming out of the West?
3: Let's get it from, let's hear it right now. Official, officially from Peter Andrew. Heat Suns. That's. I think that's what I'm going with right now. Booker's back, looks good. I just really can't, you know, Bucks are great. Obviously they're going for a repeat. They're clearly a top two team in the East, but I just really like this Heat team and they've done nothing but persuaded me to bet for them. They blew out, blew the doors off a of Sixers team. I get it without Joel Embiid, but they're not a bad team and they blew the doors off, especially down at half and then able to come back and win by 15, 20 points. It's just one of those things. You got to ride the wave. I think it's a lot like hockey. Momentum takes you into the next round and potentially into the finals. So Heat, Suns, that's what I'm going with.
1: Good call. Okay. So it's on record. I'll give my prediction. I like the Bucks, but I think Golden State's coming. I think Golden State will figure it out with their veteran savvy, been there before, and we'll see Golden State Bucks. Great bias, too.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Absolutely. 100%. <laughs>
4: Know how I ended up on this Greek sports gambling podcast.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> all right, that was a great week of sports betting advice and bragging from Peter Andrew. Thanks so much for joining us, PD Pablo. That was a lot of fun. Make sure you follow BetMGM on all social media channels at BetMGM don't forget to check out our TikTok. That is coming along and is always a good follow. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.